Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Violet Hour presents... Between the Devil, Episode 5, Blind Corner. What's your name? I... I don't know. You don't know your name? No, I don't think so. What do you mean, you don't think so? How can you not know your own name? I... I don't know. Well, what do you know? I... I, I don't... You don't know what you know? Well, that's a hard question. What do you know? I know my name. What is it? It's Sam. Well... What? I don't... I don't know if I should be talking to you. What? Why not? I just... I shouldn't be. If... If there's a stray cat on your stoop, and you... What are you talking about? I should go. No, 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 don't go. Wait, wait, please. Please, I, I don't want to be alone again. Stay. You... You really heard the parrot? Who? Ace. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. He won't shut up. Ace? That's the parrot's name? Yeah, I... I think so. I, I, I know someone called him that, or, or calls, and and someone used to call me... What? What was it? Finnick. Finnick? Yes, yes, I think so. I think so, Finnick. Finnick. I hadn't thought about that in... But that wasn't... It isn't my real name, I, I don't think. It's, it's, it's just what they called me. What who called you? I don't know. Okay. How did you end up on this ship? I... I don't know. Where are you now? I mean the rest of you, other than your voice. I... I don't... Are you a ghost? Or something else? I... I... I I don't... If you're a ghost, does that mean you... died? Please, I don't know. I... 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 I can't remember. I... I... I try and I try, but I... I can only remember bits and, and pieces, no matter how hard I concentrate. I can't remember who I am, or... or where I came from, or where my family is, or... or... or if I even have a family, or... if I'm... I'm... if I'm... I'm... I'm Sammy. Sammy? Yeah. Well, Samara. 
But that's just what my mama calls me. Or called. Maybe. Sammy. I like Sammy. Are you going to light another match? No. I can hear you just fine in the dark. going to take some getting used to. How do you mean? Well, I've been hearing things, except none of them ever talked back before, and I'm glad they didn't, because they were awful things. But you don't feel like them. You just feel like a person. I hear them too, or I did. I think, and I still do sometimes, from out there. I can remember being scared of them too. Really? Yes. I remember being out there, and and feeling like, like I was... Trapped in a wide-awake nightmare. You can run, but where? It's everywhere. Yes. I know that feeling. But that means that... You used to be like me, right? I mean, I know you can't exactly remember, I, but... I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Little pieces keep flitting in and out, but I, I can't... I can't remember ever being anywhere other than right here, wherever here is. And yet, in the same moment, I feel as though I only just... Turn some blind corner into this place where everything is, is continuously unfamiliar. All that there is, my whole world is just that same blind corner, turning back upon itself over and over, always here and always somewhere new, but never safe. Sounds even worse. It was. Was? I think talking to you somehow makes it feel different. Like something that had just been sweeping me along until now is flowing around me and past me instead. Like, like I have time again. Whoa. Yeah. So, what should we talk about? I don't know. Do you want to hear a pirate story? <laughs> yeah. For the first time since secreting herself away aboard the Rosalind, deep in the bowels of the ship, behind a locked door with no key, no windows, and hardly enough room to stand, Sammy had finally found a friend, a confidant with a common secret. True, she couldn't see him or feel him, but in such cramped quarters this hardly proved a problem, and it was enough to simply be believed, to be understood and have her growing sense of isolation eased even slightly and the weight upon her shoulders shared by another. 
and for the young boy, Finnick, the coming of Sammy into his small corner of the world was akin to the very creation of the world itself, giving form to the formless and breathing life back into what had been, up to that point, forever and in an instant an existence in name only. In the days that followed, Sammy and Finnick were together more often than they were apart, each becoming a refuge for the other against their troubles. If ever the frigid reproach in Francisco's averted gaze grew too cold to bear, or she found herself overwhelmed by a cacophony of nameless and faceless tormentors, Sammy would escape below to find Finnick, waiting eagerly to hear Sammy recount another of her most cherished tales of high seas adventure. The two were an odd pair, but in the midst of their shared uncertainty, mere oddity was no embargo on companionship, and what bloomed between them grew to be as deep and strong as the ocean upon which they sailed. And the admiral skidded to a stop in front of the prison cell, and saw the door was open, and the cell was empty. He was just standing there, staring when his men came careening up the hallway behind him and ran smack into him and sent him sprung and he was fighting to get them off of him and there was all this confusion and mayhem and then suddenly they heard a voice call out Oh, Admiral! Looking for this? They all stopped struggling and looked down the hallway to the big window at the end and saw Captain Daddy's trip with the jewels in one hand and the rope in the other. Seize him! The Admiral yelled, and his men scrambled to get to their feet, but Captain Tripp just weaked and said, Until we meet again, Admiral, and jumped out the window, swinging on the rope, and he let go and dropped down onto the deck of the White Drake, and they sailed off into the sunset, with the Admiral's fleet in hot pursuit. Did they get away? Of course! Captain Tripp always gets away! The Admiral thinks he has him cornered. But no matter how bad things seem, Captain Tripp always manages to get free. Those are the best stories. I like the one with the cursed scepter. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorites too. When the barman slips the sleeping draft into Captain Tripp's grog, and he wakes up in a dungeon with the princess holding the key. But then he gets out. Always. Did you come up with these stories? Me? Oh no, I read them in books. I couldn't come up with anything like that. Uh, you, you should try. You tell them so well. I wouldn't know where to start. Why not start with this ship? What about it? Well, I don't know. The whole thing. How did you get here? How did I get on this ship? Yes. Oh, well, I stowed away. Stowed away? Yeah, I mean, it sounded like a good idea at the time. But my papa wasn't too pleased when he found me. It's his ship, and... Your papa owns this ship? Yeah. He's always saying how it's important to have a purpose. Something to be known for and to know yourself by. I guess he's had more ideas about what he wants to be known for than just about anyone. And now it's being a merchant. Mama says the only thing he's made his mind up on is to never make it up on anything. You... You have a mama. Of course I have a mama. Don't you have a... Yeah. My mama. She can be scary sometimes. Oh boy, can she. Like a thunderstorm out of a blue sky. Lightning striking left and right. But she's also warm and soft. 
and she smells like flowers and baking and always hugs you even if you don't want her to and you try to get away but when you do want to hug someone she's there and she never tries to get away and then there's Uncle Ruben he's so fun and funny he's like a big kid Sometimes I wonder if he just got lucky and no one told him he needed to grow up, so he just didn't. But he always has a coin to pull from behind your ear or sweets for before dinner. And then Hector and Miguel, those are my brothers. They're idiots. But they always get caught with their sweets. And then comes one of Mama's thunderstorms and Papa has to step between her and Uncle Reuben and... What about you? I... What do you mean? Tell me about you. What do you want to know? Anything. Everything. On a remote island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. If you had asked me a few months ago, I might have been able to tell you something. Even a week ago, I'm sure I could have said something about myself that I felt was true. But now, Sammy likes adventure. That's what everyone says. And I guess that's true. I guess I like adventure. But I'm starting to think that adventure isn't what I thought it was. It used to be. Climbing the tallest tree, or hopping from stone to stone across the creek, then running home for dinner and telling my mama and papa how exciting it had been, or how high I climbed. Mama would always chide me for being reckless, or for getting my clothes dirty, but no harm done. I snuck on this ship for adventure, and I had it at first. But things changed, and... I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought telling Papa about the mutiny was the grown-up thing to do, but it just ended up making him so mad, and I don't think he even wants to be my Papa anymore. He said he wants to send me away, and he and Reuben stopped being friends because of me. How do I come back from that? That isn't the sort of thing you can fix or just forget. I... I just want to hug my Mama. Even though she'd yell and curse and thunder and lightning, I know she'd hug me. And she wouldn't let go. Then maybe the world would stop spinning. (laughs) After she gave me a tongue-lashing over the state of my dress. What's wrong with your dress? It's all torn to bits. I didn't think to bring anything else to wear, so it's all I had when I was crawling around in the grime and damp for weeks. My mama made it for me for my birthday. She told me that her mama gave her a dress just like it when she was a little girl back in Spain. It used to be yellow, but now it's kind of, kind of green and brown. And the shoes are... What is that? Hmm? What's what? On the floor. I never noticed until now. There's some kind of symbol carved into the wood. It looks like 
a big eye in a circle and on either side of the eye is the sun and the moon it's kind of like a compass but instead of compass points there are strange markings i wonder what it means it's a symbol of protection a ward against evil how do you know that i i think i carved that you you did but how when when i was a little boy some nights i would have dreams terrible dreams and i would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and crying without knowing why and my my mama would come to me and take my hand in hers i can remember the softness and the warmth of it she always wore a bracelet and when i would wake up like that she would slip the bracelet from her wrist and put it on mine she showed me that symbol the one carved into the floor etched into the cool metal of the bracelet with the gemstone in the center of the eye she said it would protect me no matter where i was or whether the sun or the moon was in the sky and the dreams would go away and i could sleep the night that they came and took me away i didn't have the bracelet they dragged me away from my family and onto this ship they threw me into this closet and locked the door but i held on to the memory of my mama and i would trace the symbol into the floor over and over again until my fingers bled and this closet where i expect they thought i would lose my mind became the only place where i could feel truly safe truly at peace and 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 what i don't but you remember i didn't think you could remember anything how did you do that i don't know you were talking about your mama and and then the symbol and it all just it all just came back to me or i came back to it found it where i'd left it if this symbol was supposed to protect you maybe that's what makes you different from the others whatever the sheep did to them it could do to you a symbol of protection a ward against evil your mama was right it did protect you no No it didn't. But even if you're right and it kept me from the same fate as the others on this ship, whatever it did, it didn't save me. I don't know if anything could have. Not not from from what? Sammy, you need to get off this ship. I I can't explain, Sammy. I I can't put it into words, but somehow somehow talking with you has brought me back to myself. It somehow helped me organize my thoughts and find pieces of myself I didn't know were still there and some that I wish weren't. Felix, what are you talking about? At the end of this voyage you are on. Nothing but terror and misery await. But maybe that's how how your voyage ended, but No, Sammy. The ship may have a new crew and and a new captain and sail under a new flag, but it's made this same journey before. How many times I can't say. You've heard the voices. No matter where it sets out from, it ends up in the same place. Where is the ship taking us? I don't know. I don't know if I ever knew that, but I can tell you that you do not want to be on this ship when it reaches its destination. The last thing that I can remember when i reach as deep into my memory as i possibly can i can hear screaming countless thousands of people crying 
in a hundred different tongues. The torment and anguish in their voices is almost too much to recall without me. But the one thing that I can make out with my heart as much as my ears is the phrase repeated over and over, turn back, turn back. But I know that by the time I heard their voices, it was already too late. What's this now? Caught in the act! Oh, now don't look so surprised to see me, Curly. You must have known this was coming. Been watching you, I have, Curly. Sneaking below decks when no one's around, looking over your shoulder, like if you've got something to hide. I... I got a nice quiet place behind closed doors to practice your craft, I expect. Practice my... Your witchcraft! I dare say you found one, didn't you? No idea how you got the key. Oh, I expect your kind of ways around locks and such things. I'm not a... a... a witch? Bollocks, you're not! I heard you, girly. Muttering to yourself, talking about ghosts and evil magic symbols. Uh, Look there. There's one right under your feet. No, there's not. What kind of devilry you trying to bring down on us, girly? I... I... Kim's is a mad old fool he is, for seeing the girl for what she really is. But we'll see who's a fool now, won't we? Now she's making curses against me. No, I... Summon demons to attack me in the night and strip my skin from my bones. But I won't have it. I won't. I don't you shush me, you deceitful little. Something's happening up there. Listen. Oh, that's a clever trick, girly. Ringing bells and making sounds must be all happy, all lot. What are you talking about? I'm not doing anything. Something's happening up there. Right. I'm sure that's just what you'd like me to. Are you, man? Very clever indeed. Where is the bloody Christine? Someone back to the cabin! What? I... You wait here, girlie. If this is some witch's trick, by the powers of... Fennec? Sammy. You don't think the ship has reached its destination? Do you? No, I, I don't think so. I think we'd know if... I... I should go see what it is. Shouldn't I? Probably. But, wait, do do you have anything to write with? Why do I... A, a quill or a, a pencil or anything? I have the burnt matches? The suit? I, I could write... Draw the symbol on your hand. The word of protection? Yes. Whatever good it did do for me, I want it to do for you too. Okay. I think it's the eye, the sun, and moon, and those compass points. There. That's it. It's done. Good. Okay. I, I'll... Be careful, Sammy. I will. Canvas lads, lively! And you! Aye, aye, sir! Where's Gibbs? I, I don't think... Didn't find him! And, and get him up here! Aye, sir! Where's Hank? He hasn't had his post! I, 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 I don't... We'll find him too! And 
and bring him to me at once. I, I, sir. I'll help him look, Marcus. Good man, Willis. Marcus. Captain, you there. Wash those barrels. If they're loose when we hit the surf, they'll go rolling all which way. I'm sorry, Captain. What on earth is going on? Why are the bells sounding? Land, sir. Land? But we're not scheduled to make landfall for... Two months, sir, I uh, give or take. Is there an explanation as to why we sighted land so prematurely? You'll have to ask Hank about that, Captain. Or Gibbs, and right now, I can't find neither of them. I was on watch, and we was in a bank of fog, thick as gruel. Every man mining their stations, nothing amiss, nothing out of the ordinary. Until the fog broke. And suddenly before us was... Was this an island? And a swarm of ships milling about, flying no flags, and armed to the teeth. I know this place. I believe I've been here before. It's a port. Um, now the name escapes me. Hey, you there! Captain, what are you... Quiet! You there! Troop! Yes, yes, you! What's that sound? What are they... Quiet! What is the name of yonder port, sir? What's going on? Why are they bells? Quiet! I am not. Captain, what's... That's slippage. Slippage? Bye. Very good. Very good, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. What's slippage? I have been here before, years ago, chasing that devilish little French schooner. She dropped the colors and attempted to elude us amongst all of this. Floating detritus. I'm surprised half those ships can float. Look to be more whole than hull, if you take my meaning. Aye. The driftwood armada, the men called them, or the slip-hitch scrap peep. The rabble who lagged the coin to drop anchor at the docks tend to congregate out here. Over the years, enough of the ships have stayed to form what amounts to a rudimentary seaborne society. Denied entry to the harbour, they instead trade amongst themselves, use foodstuffs, and occasionally cannon fire. But their real sustenance comes from any smaller ships that pass too close, thinking to take shelter in the harbour. <laughs> They can taste the weakness in the wind, and when they do. But through that inlet, there, beyond the ships, through the cliffs and past the fortifications, is the bustling little town for which the port has been named. Slippage. Former outpost of the Danish, I believe. You would know it from out here, but it's actually somewhat civilized. More so than this cesspool out here, at any rate. But, Captain, why are we here? Yes, I didn't think we were to make landfall for... Two months. That's correct. And I intend to find the answer. Captain, what's happening? Is that slippage? How on earth did we get... And that's a question that I would have directed to you as my first mate, Gibbs, had you been anywhere near your post. Uh, Captain, I I was just... Oh, spare me your spluttering protestations, Gibbs. I have little interest in any tongue-tied attempts to excuse your insubordination at the moment. Insub... Captain, I... Here they are. It's Willis and... Who's that they're supporting between them? We found Hank, sir. He was below, by the water barrel. Oh, shaking like a leaf, he was. Hank! What is the meaning of this? Captain. I don't... I don't... I must... I must have got lost in the fog. A word like lost hardly seems sufficient to describe our situation. But, Captain, where is this slip hitch located? We didn't see any such place on the maps when we charted our course. We ought to be hugging tightly to the coast of Africa. But slip hitch is some 2,000 miles west of that. 2,000? How far behind schedule does this put us? If we resume our charted course from here, 45 days, I would say. Perhaps 60. 60 days? Hank, what is the meaning of this? How on earth could this have happened? Sir, 
Master Francisco, I, do I you have any idea what you have done? Uh, I, the damage you've done to this venture? Uh, we'll have to reevaluate all of our plans uh, and, and who knows what costs. Uh, Francisco. Sixty days? What do you have to say for yourself, man? Uh, hey. Uh, say something. Papa, stop! Sammy, where did you leave him alone? Girl, down. It's a she. Sammy, this is not the time. I said leave him alone. Sammy. He didn't do this on purpose. Well, surely you could forgive me for thinking otherwise, Sammy, as the evidence points to the contrary. Not everyone is trying to ruin your plans. No, not everyone. Just the two of you. Shut up. Sammy. Why are you acting like this? I hate you. And so would mother. Sammy. Ah. Francisco. Captain. I think we ought to get Heck down to the doctor. He's barely standing, sir. See to it, men. Sir. Aye, sir. Sammy, where are you? I need to make sure Heck is okay. Master Ruben, we could press on. But given the gravity of our current situation, perhaps we... We ought to make berth and... Yes. Yes, Captain. Make for the port and we will... Mr. Gibbs, take her in. That is, if you can be bothered to obey an order from your captain. What? Captain, I... And raise the gun ports and make ready the cannons. We will not show our belly to these brigands. Aye, sir. Aye. The Rosalind wove her way between the ships of the Driftwood Armada toward the inlet of Slippage Cove like a traveller passing through a graveyard in the light of the waning moon. Scant inches lay between her hull and those of the scarred and battered fleet as she slowly slid across the water. Her crew could not bring themselves to lock eyes with the wild, unkempt men stalking the uneven decks of rotted and splintered wood, and they breathed freely again only once the Rosalind had come out the other side unscathed and sailed between two towering cliffs at the head of the inlet. Next craned skyward, the crew stared in awe at massive stone fortifications that were built into the cliffs on either side. Grim-faced sentries returned their gaze from above, standing behind a bevy of hulking cannons, the slow turning of which followed the Rosalind's progress into the pass, and served as the only indication that the silent watchers were not carved from the very stone around them. As she drifted in, the walls grew closer and closer together, a massive jaw slowly closing around her until the men could have reached out and touched the cold, jagged stone if they dared, when suddenly... Like a sunrise in the dead of night, the way opened before them and the Rosalind and her crew found themselves in a small, tranquil harbour. A resounding clang sounded from behind as a metal gate rose up from beneath the placid water and locked in place, barring the way they had come. The Rosalind eased into the slipway between two piers and the crew dropped anchor and made their mooring. The dockside was alive with tradesmen and their clientele, but a strange tension seemed to pervade the bustling activity. A rare pearl, such as Slip Hitch Cove, an oasis jealously guarded just beyond the reach of a covetous mob, tends to attract people of a certain kind. The kind who would shake your hand while they pick your pocket, or smile as they slice your throat. It was that tension 
that hung in the air, a tainted vitality, as though at any moment one false move or the utterance of one word better left unspoken, and the whole thing could go up in flames. A powder keg and every man a match, waiting to strike. From Violet Hour Media, Between the Devil, created, written, and directed by Justin Jones and Natalie Jones. Sound designed and mixed by CJ Drummler, with assistant sound designer Alison Eng. Music by Nathan Matthew David and Jeremy Lamb. Executive produced by Cassie Josephoth. Narrated by Maria Olson. The role of Sammy was played by Annie Kalaherka. Finnick by Aidan Scott. Gibbs by Charlie Wilson. Marcus by Connor Dillon. Willis by Connor McGiffin. Captain Eckhart by Harwood Gordon. Francisco by Fred Cross. Ruben by Brian Umberto Hoyos. And Hank by Daniel Van Thomas. With additional voices by Connor McGiffin and Daniel Van Thomas. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.